0: Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of the Tech in Shanghai podcast. Today on the show, I am joined by one of China's most prolific expat entrepreneurs and the founder of the Naked brand and group of companies, Mr. Grant Horsefield. For several years, Grant and the team at Naked have run one of the most popular and environmentally conscious resorts in all of China, which have a strong and loyal following amongst both local and expat clientele. Then last year in 2015, they made plans to expand their operations. I was first confronted with these plans when I was passing through their original Naked co-working space on Fuxing Lu in Shanghai, called Naked Hub. I went upstairs and saw six or seven posters with beautiful photos of new projects and accompanying descriptions, as well as a number of scale models for these projects. I was blown away, not only at how awesome these projects looked themselves, but that Naked was embarking on such big and bold expansion plans. I loved it. Among the projects were several new eco-resorts throughout China, a sailboat product based out of Thailand called Naked Sail, an enormous immersive learning complex for both children and adults called Naked Discovery, and most obvious to people living in Shanghai, the aforementioned Naked Hub co-working spaces, which burst onto the scene to tremendous enthusiasm and which have proliferated to several more locations throughout the city, with apparently at least 10 planned to be operational by the end of the year. But of course, Naked didn't start as a runaway success, with a diverse portfolio of successful businesses and a brand that customers have come to love. In fact, it started with a guy from South Africa, who after living for a year in Shanghai in 2006, was dissatisfied with the lifestyle that was on offer, so much so that he set out to change it. With little money, no hard plans, and a chorus of people telling him he was crazy, Grant set out into the unknown world of being an entrepreneur in China. What followed was a wild and chaotic journey of intense struggle and hard-fought triumph that was almost unbelievable. In this show, Grant and I start by discussing the early days of his journey and the things that kept him going when every sign in the universe seemed to be telling him he wasn't going to be successful. It's a testament to the type of attributes possessed by the truly great entrepreneurs, of which Grant is certainly one, of grit, determination, hustle, passion, passion and ultimately an unwavering belief in themselves and what they are doing. We then fast forward to today, where the big task in front of Grant is not to survive, but to maximize the potential of his brand and company, and continue to be pioneers in creating businesses that people love. That said, it's a big leap going from one to several world-class resorts, as well as launching a booming co-working brand, reimagining education, and all the other things Naked is now involved in. So I asked Grant what it's like both personally and organizationally to scale up so boldly and so quickly. Of course, I also hit Grant with some of my favorite advice questions, which given this guy's track record, I highly recommend you stick around to hear. This was a fun chat with some good laughs throughout, some of which were a little loud, so apologies in advance for any inconvenience or discomfort. I tried to even them out in editing. And with that, please enjoy my chat with the founder of Naked, Mr. Grant Horsefield.
1: Welcome to the Tech in Shanghai podcast, the pearl of the Orient. Shanghai is the city of the future. All systems go full steam ahead. It never stops. Technology, innovation, ambition, it's everywhere. Join us as we explore this new world and talk to the people making it happen. The Tech in Shanghai podcast. The future is now. So
0: Grant, thank you for joining me. It's
1: my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I've actually been looking forward to this chat for, for quite a long time. You don't know this, but I interviewed a buddy of yours, Mark Sekiev. And those that those people that don't know, he is the founder of Sherpas. Um, in November, I think, early December, late November last year. Mm. And uh, after we finished up, he said he was going to Yongkang Lu to meet you because it was the opening of uh, – Naked Hub on Fuxinglu, I think. Yeah, Does that sound right. about right? That's yeah. right. Absolutely. And I said, Mark, maybe, you know, I really want to get Grant on the show. Can you just, like, give him a nudge or plant a seed or send him a message? He said, yeah, 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 I'll send him a message. So I don't know if that ever actually materialized, <laughs> but six or so months later, here we are and, and we got it done. Cool. Um, just one note about, for, for everyone listening, due to the broad nature of what Grant and Naked are involved in, this Show you may be accessing it through the Tech in Chi- Shanghai uh, portal um, or the Wellness in China show, but we're we're going to overlap a little bit on wellness and environmental related stuff as well as some some tech stuff. FYI. So, uh, Grant, before we get kicked off, the you know I'm not one for too much of a long history. I came from wherever, wherever, but just provide us a little bit of context of what we're going to be talking about today, kind of where you're from, when you landed in China, and when you started Naked and started being an entrepreneur in China.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, thanks again for having me. I think, firstly, I've always been an entrepreneur. So uh, I came here with a very clear purpose, and that was to sell to China and not buy from China. It was quite a contrast from most people Mm that come to China. Um, And I searched for a long time for something that I could sell to China in fact hopefully something from Africa uh, but during that early time in China I'd, I realised that my lifestyle was seriously compromised compared to Cape Town and uh, and two things happened one I met my now wife which was a, a a reason to stay and the second thing was I came up with this, with this idea of, of creating escapes for people mm-hmm. um, and that turned out to be kind of like importing a lifestyle from Africa to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it all began. It wasn't some sort of great theory, just uh, my own instincts based on my own needs.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, you came in 2005, is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah, January 2006, actually.
0: And then Naked was born in 2007. Seven. Yeah. So you didn't waste too much time. You no, were here, you
1: got a taste for the lifestyle,
0: you are like, this is not going to work long term yeah. And I guess you found a way of making it work in Naked Stables. Was that the first?
1: No, the first place was actually, we called it Naked Retreats. It then changed its name slightly to Naked Home. Naked Retreats remains our resorts brand. Uh-huh. And each of the properties are like Naked Home, Naked Stables, Naked Castle, Naked Water, Right, uh, anything related to nature, I guess.
0: Now, I've seen an interview with you before um, on YouTube, and you were saying basically the genesis for this concept was You know, living the Shanghai life, it was busy, it was noisy, it Mm -hmm. was dirty, it was smelly, stressful, and you just wanted a release from that. Sure. And then at some point you got some exposure to the area around Moganshan, And uh, so take me up to there because what I'm interested in in asking a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, is that genesis moment where, Mm. uh, you know, not only do you recognize the problem and not only do you recognize the opportunity that exists in solving that problem – but you recognize that you can do it, and you are going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of that when all those things converge, and you make that commitment.
1: Can you do you mm-hmm. remember that? And can you? Sure, I actually have those moments quite regularly. Right. Um, but you know, the, the older I've got, and uh, certainly some wise advice from a friend who always says, Grant, on, stay focused, focused, focused." But um, that specific moment, um, I was, <clears throat> as you remember, as I just said actively looking to do something, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, my own business. But um, you know something is the right thing to do. You Just so few people have the courage to take that step. Mm -hmm. And some people might call it courage. Other people might call it stupidity. If you do too much analysis, you'll probably never do anything. Right. So you've just really got to jump. Yeah. And I'm probably quite good at jumping. I've broken most of my bones. So, um, and you know. even at that point, you
0: were like, you know, I, I know you were an entrepreneur in mm. South Africa as well. Sure. But for this venture in China, you know, a whole different kettle of fish, different environment. Mm. And since that point, we'll get into it later, all the different jumping you've done since then. Yeah. But even at that point, were you pretty cool with the unknown? You're like, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I tell you, most of my friends, though, were, were like, come on, are you nuts? <laughs> What are you doing? I mean, it's hard enough in the city. You know, out there, yeah. it's three hours away. In those days, it was like even three and a half. It's about two and a half now. But, I mean, they were like, you're absolutely insane. But the first venture was was pretty small. Right. They're just 21 rooms, and it was at a size that, uh, you know, if it failed, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But it was actually the second venture that was crazy because that was – now building, renovating some old farmhouses to buying a huge piece of land and building a shitload of buildings. Um, and that that jump was was pretty scary.
0: I'm starting to think, you know, of all the entrepreneurs I've, I've spoken with, I and mean, I just, I, I wrote an article about this for Tech in Asia recently, but it seems like, you know, when, when people are having these ideas and they're telling their friends and family, like, I'm thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the response is, Man, you're nuts. Are you kidding me? Don't even think about it. That's probably a good sign to yeah. go with it. You know, from, and it seems to be a very common trend through, through the entrepreneurs I speak with. You know, and Not to mention, of course, if someone says, Oh, yeah, go with it. That's a sure thing. Then yeah. probably everybody is doing it. It's Correct. much harder Correct. to actually do. But when people think, Oh, you're crazy for doing that, yeah. then there's probably a blind spot there somewhere that you can capitalize on. Right? 100%.
1: Uh, the majority of the population uh, are, are responding to the effects around them mm-hmm. and what's happening around them. And if there isn't something there, then they aren't open to the idea that there will be something there. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I think that's the difference between entrepreneurs or, or in a way, I guess we are sort of uh, trying to be pioneering entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. a way. It's slightly different. And, yeah, I mean, I think if people are telling you no, it's maybe not it's a, a good bad sign. idea. Yeah.
0: For that first one, I mean, I, I think – uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs, that first venture mm. is a big hurdle, and then sure. potentially it gets easier after that because your experience, your mm. networks, your you've proven track record. When you decided to build what was it, 21 rooms, yeah, and what kind of what kind of building is that? Is that a one building or is that several? No, villas? it was several
1: villas. Right. Um, but but still, we didn't buy them; we leased them, right. and those leases weren't that long. Actually, I wasn't that smart to China at that point. Um,
0: so, but were they pre-built or did you build them?
1: No, they were just. Literally bare shell farmhouses and and, and and I think five out of the six of them had no one living in them. Um, I mean you had to gut you know, basically you basically had to start from scratch. Right. All you had is some walls. Yeah.
0: Um about it. And so how did you fund that? Was that self funded at that point?
1: Yeah, uh, the first sort of phase of it was proving two buildings and then then I asked some friends to chip in, and uh, we had about five or six uh, of my mates who chipped in a bit of money, uh-huh. and he helped my wife and I uh, sort of build those uh, those first buildings, yeah.
0: And how long from, okay, I'm doing this, to we have revenue was, was the first one?
1: Well, we immediately, you know, the business was pretty good straight away, except the problem was we never made any money. Um, <laughs> I know right. it sounds random, but... Because 21 rooms never makes money. Right. And it took me a while to learn that. Even though a great uh, guy, uh, uh, um, Nick Pretzker, one of the sort of family of the Hyatt group, mm-hmm. we had dinner, my wife and I, together with him. And he was like, uh, Grant, so what's a, a boutique hotel? And I was like, well, you know, like 50, 60 rooms. And he was like, no, Grant, two, 300 rooms is boutique. And I said, that's ridiculous. That's like a monster hotel. And he was like, no, Grant, that's what." You know, that's what makes money because mm-hmm. if you're doing anything less, it doesn't make any money. Now, I've proven that wrong, and I think our sweet spot is between 100 and 150, but, but 21 rooms, you never make a dime. Right. And that's what made the next jump so courageous because we were making money, and then I decided to go and invest 300 million building naked stables, which was a massive challenge.
0: So how do you make that leap?
1: Obviously, there's outside money involved at this point. When it's actually, not that was the strangest thing is we never took, We never sold any equity. Now, I know it's a miracle. So is this all debt that you're mostly very shady debt deal, um, <laughs> loan sharks from Hong Kong. Uh, angel sharks from Shanghai that were just a, a dear friend and it just it was amazing and I didn't even know her. Uh, the bank, yeah. um, you know, because
2: three hundred million is yeah, no. not
1: like something you patch
0: together typically. Um, That's a decent chunk, right? Oh, okay, we'll get so, into how yeah. it's not so much a decent chunk now for you, but at yeah. that time you have basically a couple of renovated bungalows. Mm. And you're going around saying, "I need this chunk of money to get to there." But the thing is, I only thought the
1: project would cost hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really bad at budgeting. Um, so as we were going along, it just like, sort of kept getting sort of bigger and, and bigger, and, and and you know, it's so important to do it right. My wife and I are sort of very passionate about getting it right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we never compromised. Right and uh, Oh, should we do that? Oh, add another swimming pool. Oh, we need to do this. And then, you know, and and I know the accountants and the people, well, actually, we were quite lucky. Our accountant wasn't particularly very good. So it was never accurate. So I never believed it. (laughs) We just carried on going. And I just survived on making sure I had enough money at the end of the month.
0: So going from the first iteration to uh, I guess the next, the next step yeah. you raised a bunch of money didn 't give away equity no, but no, raised away, uh, raised money from a variety of well, the main way
1: was the bank I mean because right. we were buying land, we got a lot of support from the local banks, they could see our real business there, they knew we were doing revenue in other resort, even though we weren 't making sort of profits yeah. um, and uh, but the, the problem was the bank <clears throat> the bank actually um, uh, they, they we signed a contract for a large amount of money. In fact, I think it was, you know, something like 60 million. Um, uh, the first uh, sort of thing, and then, and then there was the financial crisis in early 2010. In January 2010, mm-hmm. um, the bank took half my money away just before I was about to pay the contractors. And yeah, I know it sounds weird. You know, they they can't really do that. But that's China. Well, I think we're all yeah, – any of us who are here,
0: we're kind of yeah.
1: not too surprised. To so, that. you know, literally the money was in the bank. Mm-hmm. And then it was out of the bank. And then it was out of the bank. <laughs> and I got this phone call saying, uh, Beijing told us to reduce our liquidity. So you were high up on the list of money available. <laughs> I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, th- that's when it got scary. And then, and then, then I was literally running around. Trying to find anyone that would 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 lend us money, yeah. um, and uh, I mean I signed some crazy contracts that said if I defaulted by an hour, they would have everything. Um, uh, but that's what you do when you're desperate. Right. But you knew you were going to make it happen. And, uh, we did. Fortunately, we 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 got through some horrifically hairy times. But that's also what allows you to make the leap. Right. Because that made once they feel confidence yeah. every
0: time. Right. Like well, if I got through that. Correct. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that whatever comes at me through this jump, I can deal with it, right? Correct. Just two kind of housekeeping questions, because I know a lot of people are curious about this, especially in the startup world mm-hmm. and Naked Hub members, I'm sure. When you got that money from the bank, was it through, you know, was it you, Grant, getting the money and the company getting it? Mm-hmm. Because there seems to be a perception that, you know, lending money, getting money from banks in China is almost like, is, is kind of difficult you know mm. for
1: entrepreneurs and things like that um, it 's not actually the thing is like it just everything in <laughs> everything in China looks daunting right uh-huh. because there 's no roadmap, and there's no one is going to say to you oh don 't worry, let me ha- hold your hand through this process right. um, but the banks are just like anywhere else in the world. they want to make money, and mm-hmm. if you can give them a good value proposition, then they will support you. Uh, it does help when you when you 're buying land right. and your own property and, 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 and that 's you know safe leverage, something to understand, yeah. but our land and buildings were you know try to put it in perspective. our villas sell for a little over forty thousand RMB per square meter. the highest selling property in the whole county is probably at about fifteen thousand, mm-hmm. so the bank just can 't even begin to value my building at forty thousand, so they value it at ten thousand, which is twenty five percent of the Real value that it sells at.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so that's a new set of complexity in China. But, right.
0: <clears throat> but there's not much prejudice, you know, this, uh, the, the Lao prejudice, oh, you
1: know? oh, nah, I don't think so. From the banks? I mean, I, I know that a lot of people always say, oh, if you're not Chinese, you can't get, you know, everything's sort of more suited to Chinese. It's, that's not true. I mean, you, we are a Chinese company. We are wholly on foreign enterprise, mm-hmm. but it's a Chinese company. Right. And therefore, we are by all the same rules of any other company. Mm-hmm. And the bank is just like any other bank. It requires a way in which you're going to pay them back and some security. And if you can put those two things on the table, then they will, you know, give you the money. Respond. Yeah. And they might take it away, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without
1: any warning.
0: <laughs> we'll give you the money, but at any time without notice, we might take it back. Are you cool yeah. with that? Yeah. And you probably were at that point.
1: Well, they didn't tell me
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't leave that alone. When that happened and they did that and yeah. you know prior to you kind of setting a you know an action plan like well fuck it we're going to have to hit the street we're going to have to mm. call up favors loans mm. shady people dark alleyways whatever it means mm. what was it like that day you know when you go home mm. and i know your your wife is your partner right she's your mm. business partner mm. cuz you know one of the one of my interests one of the themes i keep coming back to a lot of times, especially in the startup world, you know, you hear mm-hmm. so-and-so raised the 100 million Series C, blah, 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 yeah. and IPO and this stuff. And I feel like a lot of the, the truth of the struggle gets lost sometimes mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not a really headline-y thing. You want to hear the news of the startup world and, and, and success stories. But I like digging into this because, first of all, it happens. It's real. Sure. And I think people that are getting involved in, in startups or entrepreneurship – should have an awareness about that, not only because it helps them decide, should I really get into this or not, but I think it also is is beneficial so that when it happens, they know that it's not uniquely happening to them. It's not like there's not something wrong with them. This is par for the course. So stay the course, hustle, do whatever you need to do and get through it. So can you bring me back to when the bank called up and said, you know, we
1: need the money, so thanks. Yeah, I think to put it in context, it was uh, two weeks before Chinese New Year. And, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with construction in China, but typically you hold everything until that minute that everyone goes on holiday and then you release all the money. Otherwise, if you release it, they'll just leave. Right. Um, so I'm literally holding back every single payment, waiting for this date to then choo, everything goes. But they pulled the money before that. And mm-hmm. I had some very, very big uh, publicly listed develop, uh, uh, contractors mm-hmm. banging at my door and threatening to hurt our workers on site. And it was a very stressful time. So stressful that I had a... It's not something I talk very commonly about, but I had an infarction, which is like a heart, heart attack. attack yeah. um, uh, it was... It's a little bit different from fundraising. Fundraising, you're you're kind of preempting, and it's fun. And everyone's a part of fundraising. Mm -hmm. But what happened in that environment is very lonely because you can't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. You can't tell anyone in your company that you have no money.
0: The minute that happened, people would would run for it.
1: It would be disaster. So there were three people that knew about it. Um, My wife, obviously. Um, My accountant at the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, and my now CEO. And those were the guys that knew I was in the shit. <laughs> Deep. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, the one accountant guy introduced me to a local loan shark who introduced me to another lady, who introduced me to another lady, and I met her at Costa Coffee. And I sat down with her and I said, you yeah, know, it's a couple of days away from Chinese New Year, and I kind of need, like, a, at minimum, about $23 million r She's like, oh, that's interesting. And what can you give me for that? Nothing. And she lent me the money. It was amazing. Today, that oh, she's shit. still my most dear friend, and uh, she even works for us to a degree in our company uh-huh. uh, as a sort of consultant. Um, but you know, she just believed in, in what I was saying and what I was going to do, and I was authentic, and I was and scared. You, and and you was...
0: met. That was the first meeting with her. Yep. So first you're... meeting. Oh, man. I, I, you know, I, I've heard kind of coffee shop uh, conception stories before, yeah. right? And it's su- su- such a funny thing to think about. Like, I might have been in, you know, I might be in Costa Coffee today, you know. Yeah, getting, getting exactly. whatever. And over there in the corner is a guy who's on the verge of breakdown, who's, you know, who's in a, in a world of hurt and a deal is made that changes not only his life, but look at where we are now with, with, sure. with Naked. You know, someone, someone was getting a coffee when you were having that conversation. How could they have known? I mean, they couldn't have known, but it's kind yeah. of a funny, you know, thought experiment to run.
1: I, absolutely. And, you know, but you do have to have lots of those meetings right. for that one to happen. Right. Um, and, uh, and, How many uh, did you have? Well, I, and I was asking anyone that would, didn't mean right. money. Most people just thought I was absolutely nuts. And
0: what did you show her? You know, when, when, when this happened, of course, you know, you said this is a project and <clears> stuff, <throat> but you just said you were genuine, genuine, you were passionate, you know, all those things that make people kind of endear people sure. to each other, right? Um, so what, you know, in that meeting, do you remember anything unique about it where that's what she bought into? Maybe not the project or maybe not whatever. Sure,
1: I mean... Uh, a lot was, you know, the pictures of our construction site. It was real. Right. You know, yeah. it wasn't like I was making this uh, dream up. It was half-built naked stables today. And I was telling her naked stables was going to be the, the first real resort in China. It was going to be, you know, it was going to be a massive hit. And look at the pictures. And and we had no financials that were in any order to show anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, everything's going to be just fine. I just need this money now. <laughs> And did she know did you communicate to her how much you needed it? Yes, yeah? uh absolutely and she never took advantage of me which is the most extraordinary thing and you know I've yeah I've I've met very many Chinese uh business partners to a degree that I've done business with mm. but so very few have I built up that pure trust. Yeah. That 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 it just isn't something that Comes around every day in China, for sure. Um, and uh, she is certainly one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. And to this day, she looks out for me all the time, uh, asking for nothing. Just okay, sure. I paid a huge interest for lending the money. I, <laughs> don't get me wrong. There was, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bank rates. <laughs> um, but, and she wasn't that bad. There was the, this other company in Hong Kong, which are real loan sharks. Uh, I can't mention their names. But, um, I mean, literally I was paying 28% interest to them. So that's my... Goddamn.
0: And that must put so much pressure. You know, it's hard enough to start a business, yeah, right, yeah. to make sure all the numbers make sense at the end of the month, all that kind of stuff. But when you're dealing with such an overbearing burden, mm. like getting access to capital like that and the mm. things that come with it, I mean, did that just light a fire under your ass more? Like this, we we have to make this so damn good that there's no chance. That it's I just fail. I just
1: knew inside me that what we were doing was going to be important. It was going to be big. It was going right. to be successful. And every single those loan shark guys in Hong Kong, all they wanted was equity, and they they thought I would default. I mean, right. that was their, their their plan, I guess, to a degree. Um, but if you believe in something, then, you know, just go for it and, you know, rather borrow. And it's always a, it's always a – I'm sure there's always a backdoor. If it doesn't work out, you can, you know, sell some equity or something right,
0: like that. Right. It. It's um, – you what you're saying now reminds me. I had a, a, a couple of beers with a friend recently, and I won't mention names or projects either, but very big project here in China, and he was telling me that um, – you know, so tens of millions of dollars had gone into the project for a number of years, and money was gone. You know, mm-hmm. dried up, all sources, couldn't, couldn't get it. And I'm saying, like, well, man, what do you do? And he said, you know, because I was thinking, like, well, do you think about qu- quitting? Do you think about doing all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff that I guess you would normally think about? And he said, number one, I'm committed now. You know, yeah. I have to ride this into the ground yeah. or it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, then it's going to go down on ball of flames, and I'm going to go with it, and I'll probably, you know, my health will deteriorate with it. Um, but he said um, he, you know, he started doing something similar to you. I don't know how on the sketchy spectrum how far he went down. <laughs> but he said he, he pitched either, you know, coffee shop meeting or formal in front of yeah. a group. of pitched 80 to 100 people. Yeah. Or organizations or groups of people or whatever. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking
1: like, holy shit. Yeah, rejection is hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking, man, at number 50, do you think like, you know what? This ain't Maybe happening. This ain't going to happen. So cut my losses, sell the land, you know, if you move, really, to, move to
1: the Seychelles or something <clears throat> because this is, this is not going to happen. Yeah, if you really believe something, the more times you tell it, the more you believe it. Right. So there is that sort of growing feeling of confidence in your life, even though people are rejecting you constantly, mm-hmm. you tweak it, you, 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 you figure it out, and you're going like, and the more times you talk about it, the more times you start to really solidify what it is that you're doing. Right. So those those events, those conversations are super important. Yeah. To be honest, when I was younger, I mean, I started my first company when I was 15. So, you know, you, you just get better and better and better at communicating what you're you, you really trying to do. Right.
0: And I'll come back to that in one second, but last question about this really tumultuous time. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because st- these, type, these type of stories are awesome. You know, people mm-hmm. listen to them like, wow, like, you know, it's just such a heroic journey. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, they all pile up, and you come home and you yeah. sit down with your wife. I don't know if you had children at the time. Um, and, you know, you eat dinner. And there's, it's life, you know, and it's, it's not this, you know, in hindsight, it's great to look back and say, what a heroic journey. We really, you know, we really did it. But at the time, there's so much uncertainty, so much fear. Was, my question is, long-winded, was there anything at that time that you did, you know, to alleviate some of that stress, Mm. unrelated to, to work? So not like what we did there, but like, did you get drunk every night? Did you do yoga? Did you Uh, meditate? Did you work out?
1: Well, I I was a little lucky. I did to spend most of my time during the construction on the construction site when i wasn't looking for money
2: mm-hmm.
1: or trying to sell <clears throat> property or try to borrow some money i was on the construction site physically building the the the, the, the stables mm-hmm. so um, that was a huge amount of exercise in itself it's mm-hmm. huge it's mountains it's a huge property so you're physically running around all day couple of altercations, a few boxing matches here and there. <laughs> um, and in the evening time, I had this uh, guy, Jamie from Australia, who was kind of my foreman on site. And the two of us would stay in this beaten up shack on the site. And literally, we'd make ourselves a TV dinner almost every night and have a couple of beers together. And relax, and and it was super healthy life. Right. I mean, even though it says TV dinner, it was a kind of good TV dinner, um, and we had great lunches every day with veggies with the, with the construction people. Mm-hmm. So I lived a very very healthy life. I was super fit. I probably weighed fifteen kilograms less than I do now, <laughs> and uh, and 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 I miss that. Yeah. I really do miss that. Uh, this journey now that I'm going through, I'm struggling a little bit with my own balance, mm-hmm. um, but. I also have a clear set idea of when I can get that balance back right. in the near future. Well,
0: that's kind of a slippery slope, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot of people um, that that take that approach. You know, mm-hmm. my, in fact, my, my my own father says to me a lot of time, you know, John, balance doesn't have to mean uh, equ- e- equilibrium. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can run it into the you know push it hard for a couple of years and then I can find ways. And I say, well, yeah, that's true. You know, I, mm-hmm. there's there's validity to that. But, you know, what if things deteriorate a bit too much in the, you know, over the interim period or whatever? So, you know, if, if – and you were saying, you know, all the work and eating well and kind of doing that, like, Wild West frontier sort of thing, yeah. eating in, in the hut, that helped alleviate some of the stress. It yeah. kept you in a, at least good enough form that you could bear the burden of, of the stress. But you just made reference to where you're at now. Yeah. And maybe it's a good segue to break into to kind of where Naked is at today. But – before we do that, you know, you are super busy. There's a ton going mm. on. What do you do today, these days, to keep your head
1: above water? Sure. Uh, firstly, I think I, I want to say that, you know, balance isn't something you can, you can take up one day and, and drop another day and take it up another day. It, it should be an ongoing thing. And, and that's my greatest disappointment about the resorts is that mm. it is a – a, like, people can only go there, like, once or twice or, or three times a year. Right. Um, Fortunately, I get to go there most weeks, <laughs> so it's working out a little bit better for me. At least I get my fix in the in the mountains. Yeah. Um and uh, and the clean air and just the trees and stuff like that. A lot but, of people jealous of hearing that right now. Sorry. But, and, Locked do, in, do, in But the city. please, if you're listening, I'm, I'm equally on a construction site most <laughs> of the time. I'm not necessarily at the resort soaking up the spa or in the swimming pool. But I did go for a swim yesterday and I did have a spa treatment. But that was a unique day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Right now, uh, uh, yeah, I'm playing a little bit of tennis. Uh, I'm not doing enough exercise, period. Mm. And... Uh, and my balance is certainly out of whack. And it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit because I've just ch- bitten off this new venture in the hub. Mm-hmm. And we're like just six, seven, eight months into this thing. And it's – and and like typical horse field, I have <laughs> – Got signed, the long sharks on speed. Dial. <laughs> uh, I've, I've signed up uh, ten locations. I think my – my business development lady, Chong Chong, is in Hong Kong trying to sign a deal there, and she was in Beijing tomorrow trying to sell a deal there and you know and most of my company isn 't even aware of how much pressure i 'm putting on them but uh-huh. uh, so it 's a little bit chaotic and I, and I really do need to get back that that um, equilibrium mm-hmm. that I think it shouldn 't be too too much of a big deal. it just should be something that happens every day right um, but Shanghai is a cesspit of dangers and 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 things that can lead you astray and mm-hmm. bars and friends and it's not a healthy place. Right, uh, that's the and, nicest. And it's where.
0: fun to be unhealthy in Shanghai. Exactly, and, and easy. Exactly, know? set up
1: for that. It's not Cape Town where everyone is literally doing exercise every day. You feel terribly guilty because all of your mates are like. You know, they're either playing bets on the beach or they're climbing a mountain or they're mountain biking. You know, here, yeah, they're kite surfing. I mean, every day. Yeah. It's not like a, well, on the weekend. Uh-huh. It's every single day. And that's lifestyle. Here it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to yeah. have that.
0: So that being said, you know, is – I mean, are you – this is a question. Do you have a morning routine? You know, you were just saying it, mm. it, it needs to be something every day. I'm, you know, everyone who's listened to the show before knows I'm a big morning routine buff. But do you have any sort of, you know, how you get started in the day from the time you step <laughs> on the ground
1: to? I also struggle with this. My best. I, I, I'm a huge fan of being up really early. Right. Um, What's really early for you? Five uh, thirty-six. Right. Um, and. But <laughs> that I normally do that for a few months, and I, and it's going really well, and I'm feeling brilliant, I'm loving my life, <laughs> I've got exercise and everything's going, and then something happens, and I just fall off the cliff, and then suddenly it's like I'm waiting for the kids to jump on me at about seven, and maybe I'm crawling out of bed at eight, and like I'm dragging myself into work at nine, and uh, and it's so unproductive. Mm. I mean, it's so unproductive. Yeah. If you don't get your day. Done your personal day done before everybody else. Well, you're always behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking a good game, uh, but I'm I'm probably sitting on a fifty-fifty. You know, half my time I'm living it right; right. the other half I'm i falling off the wagon.
0: So I got I got to ask two questions. One, did you know like what, what was was there a catalyst for falling off the wagon? Was it like you know a business trip and you're outside of time zones when you came back? You know what I mean? Or is it just you yeah. kind of slowly degrade into the sleeping and you know how it
1: goes. The one difficulty about being an entrepreneur, especially with as much going on as I'm, I've got, is mm-hmm. that I'm super, super busy. But at the same time, my social life, my friends, are extremely important to me. Right. Um, so trying to balance those two is not balanced. That's just burning the candles at both ends. Mm-hmm. And there is <clears throat> only so far your body can go. You know. So I don't live a very balanced work life. I work far too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something that is inherently important for an entrepreneur mm-hmm. to do. Uh, to to be lovely and balanced and healthy and spring chicken and be an entrepreneur, that's, that's, not, that's an oxymoron. That's not true. Uh-huh. It doesn't work like that. Uh, you need to be fully, 100% engaged, and you need to forget everything else. But it's hard for me, the, my friends and my my wellness – they, they're both taking it over similar places. Yeah. And, and more often, my friends will, will win that battle. Right. So I'll tend to, like, go out for dinner with them and a cigar and a whiskey and a whiskey and a whiskey and another whiskey. And, you know, then it's, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, the idea of 5 o'clock in the morning has just the next day is really, just become really, really hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, <clears throat> the uh, the listeners to the, the, tech in, the tech podcast might remember this, but I asked the same question of Mark, yeah. right? And uh, he... <laughs> I said, so, you know, what do you do when the stress becomes overwhelming? You try to bring more balance back. You know, I know you work super hard, blah, blah, And he didn't answer. He just made this sound. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, he said, you know, you know, as you were just saying, Shanghai is a fun town yeah. to do that kind of stuff in. And it doesn't have to always get... Late and dirty, you know. It can be hot pot. You know, you got ten people yeah, around right. a hot pot thing, and there's free, you know, all-inclusive beer or whatever. Depends who your friends are. Though. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta group them into different categories. But on the days when you're, you know, like you said, you're waking up early yeah. and you're feeling great and everything, is there? What does the morning look like? You know, what does the first hour, hour, hour and a half look like? A little bit
1: of exercise, uh, typically, and then uh, not too much, like a short run, like you know, three, four, five kilometers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sit down do work uh, preferably at home uh, in, you know, before anyone's awake have quick breakfast with my kids mm-hmm. and then off to work I'm probably in the office just after 8 right. on the good days yeah, yeah. Um, and by the time I'm arrived in my office I'm finished my work mm-hmm. I've caught everything up I'm, I, I know exactly the three things that I'm going to focus on that day and I, that's one of my personal little things that I focus on is I don't like long lists mm-hmm. I hate people with lists of 50 things to do my wife has long lists. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't hate her. <laughs> but, um, my, you know, my list is like if my, I, I might write down ten things, and seven of them i just going to delegate. And then three of the to- most important that I think are going to make the most impact is what I, I spend my what you energy do. on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, right before coming here, I had lunch with a friend, and we, we were kind of talking about that in that, you know, if you – And we both kind of have a fairly regimented morning, and we were saying, you know, if you do that and you get that stuff done and whatever it is for you to just get you on the right wavelength to go and have a good day, then regardless of what that day kind of throws at you, a lot of your high-priority stuff is in the bank. Correct. So if you know, if you get drawn away from something mm-hmm. or you get in a scooter accident, if whatever happens, you're mostly good. And then, if, yeah. like you said, if you can put maybe one or two things on top of that yeah. that are just your high-impact high things for the day, you get them done. When you come home, you don't have to stress. You don't have to do all that. stuff. For you can sure. play with your kids. You can hang out with your girlfriend, whatever it is. You know?
1: And you're actually super happy to leave the office early. Now, one of the worst traits I've seen in people is this need to feel like if they've got nothing to do, that they still need to look busy. Right. It's like such a bad trait. Eh? Yeah, it's like yeah. you've got nothing to do. Go. Yeah. Go play golf. Go go to the gym. I mean, there's no you, – you've done your work. Oh, yeah. you're, just, you're just rotting there. Rock not, and roll. Not doing thing. anything <laughs> high-impact, right? <laughs> I know. I just – I know a lot of people that really love the feeling of looking busy. And, and I, I'm the exact opposite. I don't give a damn. It's like if I've done what I need to do, then uh, it happens to be 2.30 uh, That. I'm off. See and, you guys later. And are you
0: still available? Can, yeah, uh, of for, course. For the
1: world of today, I mean, we always you available. got to stay in touch, yeah. But why well, sit at my desk? I mean, I could be anywhere. Yeah. So um, I think that that single point, getting up early and trying to get the day behind you as quick as possible, I think that's probably my you – know, if I had to give advice, that would yeah, be my that would most, be a big uh, one. Yeah.
0: I, I often say the same thing. If for no other reason, if you don't do anything with that time that you gift yourself by getting up early – you start the day just on your terms. You know, if you get out of bed at 8.30 and you're going through and you shower and you change and you run down the subway and you, you arrive at work, your all shot up, you're stressed, you're sweating, uh, you bumped into people in the sub. I mean, that just sets up your
1: day for more of the 100%, same, right? 100%. Um, Talking to the
0: company. <laughs> <no. laughs>
1: However, it doesn't always happen. That sure, way.
0: sure. Um, so let's fast forward now to where Naked is at today. Mm. You know, So we just had a, a conversation about... You know the first few uh you know villas or stables, and then the kind of high intensity story about how it got to uh the 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 stables at champ and then i'll tell you how I came in in, in touch with this I uh went through uh, naked hub on Fuxing. i'd heard about it, and I thought oh, that's really cool you know I'm familiar with co-working spaces naked's a really cool brand um that's that's a, that's a cool thing, so I go there and I go upstairs i think and was like, and we're also doing this and this and this and this and also this and I said, holy shit and, and then I think I, I, throughout the last couple months I'd spoken with a few of the people that work here and a few people that are familiar with the situation and it always seems to get getting bigger, even, you know, Yo-Yo on the way up the stairs here, she said yeah, you know, we're, we're looking at 10 to 12 uh, places for Shanghai and then we're also looking at Hong Kong and Beijing for, for just the hub right? Yeah. So how did all that come about? Because you know, you've got a number of more resorts uh, that are in the pipe. Yeah. You've got this cool sail concept in Thailand. Yeah. You've obviously got the co-working spaces, um, you, the, re, the refurbishment of a castle uh, outside Shanghai. Where, where did this come, come from? Because I'm sure your plate was full with stables. So how did all this come about?
1: You know, we did something very unique um, this kind of stuff, no one would know. But Naked has never allowed OTAs to sell our rooms. Now, what does that mean? Uh, travel agents. Right. So you know you can't buy a Naked room on Tripadvisor. I mean, on on trip or Elong. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a random thing, but what's the meaning is that we own all our customers, and then suddenly we realise we had seventy thousand, you know, you'd say middle to rich. Income people, um, <laughs> little living, <to> rich, <laughs> yeah, living in uh, Shanghai, and and that's a very valuable database. Mm-hmm. And most of those people really had an interest in escaping the city, living a probably a little bit more balanced life. And 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 we knew we were in the lifestyle business. That's what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so we started realizing that there's a lot more things that we could do in people's lifestyle to how we could improve their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take credit for everything. Uh, I have a, a great friend who, who suggested that we'd look to this co-working space, WeWork, and we flew to America. To sort of. Uh, you were going where? Uh, we flew to America oh. to go look at, at WeWork and mm-hmm. co-working, and, and so that was somebody else's idea who suggested it anyhow. Um, and the Discovery Center is that same guy who said, Grant, you've got to come do this with me. And I was like, no, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. And then you know, he, he, he convinced me again. Um, so, you know, uh, there are people that are close to me that, that, that have influenced us to enter into these different things. Mm-hmm. But the one constant to all of it is that we wanted to sort of create a better life mm-hmm. for people, um, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's with your children, mm-hmm. whether in your holidays, uh, even in your in your in your in your healthcare, care, uh, with our partnership with Ja um, which is, is super cool, man. It's going to be like the first proper Western hospital in China, uh, you know. You know, it's being built in Shuhe. It's it's part of the the Mass Gen International Hospital, and, yeah. uh, and it's like uh, it's I just, saw that
0: too. Actually, I thought it's I just super it cool.
1: Awesome. And yeah. and all the stuff that we're doing, we kind of enjoy it. Um, and we don't really think that much about money. We don't think about you know how much it might make or not make. And and um, I know that sounds a bit weird. But when you've got a business that's now there's a good, healthy cash flow coming from our real business, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's just it just seems like the right thing to
0: be
2: doing. Right.
0: So at the right time. I mean, there may be too many for us to go too deep into each one. Sure. But a couple, sure. a couple. I mean, the the big brouhaha in Shanghai right yeah, now yeah. is like, oh, there's the going to be a naked everywhere, a naked hub yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so you know, you said your a, a colleague said, come with me to the states and check this yeah. out. I want I want to show you. What was the deciding factor for you? Like, you know what? I, I do want to do this. Because there were a few spaces existing sure. in Shanghai already.
1: Well, we didn't even know those spaces, to be yeah. honest with you, at that time. You know, we hadn't done any research. And I, I went there with no idea. Actually, I didn't want to do co-working. I was, right. I was appeasing him. Uh-huh. Uh, until we walked into the first uh, we work in Chelsea. And I don't want to spend too much time telling you how... I think okay. we we had done a great thing or not, but uh, I but I think what, they're opening next well, week. We, <laughs> we did we did realize straight away that our competencies made this super easy, and number one was that, and then number two was that it's a super scalable business. Whereas our resort business is, is like super heavy cash. Every resort takes like three to five years to build and costs a minimum of three hundred million. Yeah. So it's and anything can go wrong between that process of construction so right. so many risks and, it, and it's difficult to scale the business but this hub stuff was like super easy I mean three months I can open a place and it was like so you know it was like and then you know designing a resort is probably the most complicated thing in the world really? we do it all in house I mean think about it it's like Naked Stables has 99 different buildings different foundations different right. roofs different you know staff and it's like building a little city right, right. Uh, it's, it's very complicated yeah Designing a hub is like, you know, it's child's piss. It <laughs> and then, and then when, you, when, you, when you're managing customers, right? So at our resorts, for every customer, I have four staff. Wow. At the hub, for every hundred customers, I have one staff. I, and then you think, well, you know, how hard it is to give hospitality in a resort. Everyone's, like, expectations are so high. And then at a hub, it's like... It's, a, it's your... Let yourself in. You guys <laughs> look after yourselves. And if you've got a problem, sort it out. Let like yourself, yourself in. The beer's on tap. Yeah, let us know it, if anything really bad so, happened. I mean, seriously, it was a no-brainer. I right. saw this thing and like penny dropped immediately and I said, okay, Delphine, we, we've got to do this. Yeah. And then when we started doing it, we just realized that if you're going to do something, do it properly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> so what came was like, let's build one and then it was build three and then it was like, Let's have 12 open before December. And it, my wife's like, Are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. And then even that wasn't Not based on enough.
0: market research or anything. Just, I like this. I think it'll work 12 by Christmas.
1: I sh- I'm going through the first fundraising I've ever gone. So if this is, goes public before it's closed, um, I'm not very big I'm, I'm actually
0: very diligent with all of my, my decisions.
1: <laughs> I'm not... I'm not very big on, on, on market research. Uh-huh. I, I think it's a farce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know, the research must come from your stomach. It must come from your instincts. And if you, if you feel it, you know it's the right thing to do, then you must do it. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to pause there for mm. one second because I, I totally agree. And I also think there's so many intangibles that the people that you are, let's say, pitching mm. can't get. The, they, they can't understand to the degree that you do. They sure. haven't been watching this for as long. They haven't been connected to it. Yeah. They don't see the opportunity, the potential the same way you do. So you have to default to metrics that people use generally for this sort of stuff. How do you, you know, you said you're fundraising now. Kind of want to touch on that in a second as yeah. well. But
1: how do you appeal? Well, it's the first time I've ever ever gone through this process. Oh, really? My whole life. I've never, like, gone through a fundraising event.
0: I thought you. Well, <laughs> but uh, we'll my get friends, back to it, lending think- money is hardly fundraising. Right, right, sure, out, yeah. sure. Yeah. But how do you appease, You know, maybe you don't even know yet, you're about to do it, but how do you appease people that kind of want to see things through that lens but also saying, guys, this is kind of bullshit. I'm doing it just because I know you want to see it, but yeah. I know this is going to work, and I know how yeah. to push it to make it work. How do you, well, you, how do you do that?
1: You don't. You don't worry about what other people think. It when you're fundraising,
0: no? Like, even you stand if in front of people, give you, me money? Even if
1: you're fundraising, if you're trying to bullshit them – They'll see it. Or right. well, at least that's my belief. I mean, you, you've just got to give your own genuine take on it.
2: Yeah.
1: And if they don't agree with you, there's no point in like, trying to agree with them at this early stage. Yeah. You might as well stop. You know, let them run the business then. Right. I mean, you've got to believe in yourself at some point. And, you know, all the people I'm talking to are questioning whether or not I'm going to satur- oversaturate the market and it's going to have too many seats. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, and, uh, and, and most of them think it's a startup business. Uh, it's for startups or and I just see it completely different. I see every single office that's currently in Shanghai as my customer, potential uh-huh. customer. Right. So, like, I'm going, I can't possibly build quick enough because mm. most people would just move from their office to my office because it's cooler. Yeah. At least that's what I believe. Uh-huh. And you've got to just move that way. And right. and don't appease. Appeasing is like, if you're doing it that early in a business, then you're doing something wrong. You're screwed, yeah. yeah. It's
0: funny. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't mean to keep going back to my chat with Mark, but we, kinda, we had something of a similar conversation. And I remember you know, we were both kind of saying, like, wouldn't it be nice, because I've seen a number of pitches before and that kind of thing, wouldn't it be nice to have someone go up on stage and be like, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I've never done this business before. No. I don't know how it's going to go. It could go down in a ball of flames, but I'll tell you what, I'm committed to it because I love it, and that's the only thing I know, and I believe in myself I can make this happen, that sort of approach, rather than, well, we're looking for $300,000. because uh, yeah. i am very much
1: that second option, by the way, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass. Um, uh, I, 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 you know, I did do an MBA, but I'm not very American, and I don't, I don't need to be polished. Uh, and I am what I am, and... You, you, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And yeah. and the way we run our company is very casual, and people have got to be having fun and mm-hmm. breaking the rules. That's one of the most important thing in our company, break the rules. Mm-hmm. If you don't break the rules, you're going to get fired. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that would be super exciting if people were more like that.
0: So you're going through fundraising now. The, yeah. the capital that started off this huge expansion that we were in the middle of talking yeah. about, we'll come back to in a sec, but... That was not a fundraising? That no, was no,
1: we, we self funded. Bumped uh, into somebody
0: at Costa and they said, Do you want a couple billion RMB? And you're like, Yeah, I could do yeah. something with that.
1: No, I mean, <laughs> look, uh, there the, are the JVs involved in most of these projects. so. Right. The discovery, we have a thirty percent stake in it, mm-hmm. um, and most of the capital is, is by the seventy percent stakeholder. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the new resorts we're building are managed and designed by us, but we're not the developer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Castle and Stables are our own investments. Right. Um, all the other five resorts are all third party uh, investment. Um, the uh, uh, the hub business is all our own money, so right. self funded. Uh, but. There is a limit to how many of those things I can build before I run out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, hence the fact that we're kind of going through this uh, fundraising experience. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, at last year, a, a gentleman who's the, the partner with us on these other projects actually acquired some equity in our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was also—we didn't go to the market looking to sell anything. It was him coming to anything. us saying. You know I, wanna, I, I mm. want a piece of this, and it was a, a, a sizable chunk of change, so uh, but now we realize he really just wanted us to be a part of his bigger dream right. and, and it 's super cool he 's a very cool guy, and we 're having a, a lot of fun doing it yeah. but now we 're doing the real American fundraising uh-huh. uh, and i 'm sorry to put it as American, but I think the Americans have like nailed it down as like how to do this. And uh, so we're like pitching our five-year plan and how much money we're gonna make and how many of these things we're gonna open and and all these metrics. And are are and you involved, Are you stuff. doing the pitching? Yes, I, I'm. 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 Do that stuff. Yeah.
0: How do you pitch? Is there any different? You know, if we think of that, you know, we just mentioned the standard mm. and mm. the what would be cool to see. Yeah. Do you have anything that you do differently during a pitch
1: other than you know slide slide money money. Do you no, I, I, I don't do the slides so much. Right. Um, so what I do is I give them a tour. <laughs> I walk them through my spaces. I tell them about what we're right. doing. We end up at the bar, typically on Nanjing Road's Ro- 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 rooftop. Right. And then I pour them as many beers as I can. Masa- give, them, Masa- give them comfortable. And if they're comfortable, then we've got a dinner. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, we're dealing with some serious uh, players, uh, yeah. uh, Goldman, Warburg, and a few of the, you know, the bigger uh, guys in the world mm-hmm. today but um, i i think i'm just come across as a genuine guy trying to do what i'm trying to do right and most of the time i say you ask me what you want to know right. Right? and i'll tell you yeah. um rather than like trying to and we'll i send them the presentation you can go look through it yourself and right. figure out what you think about don't it need me to read what's on yeah, the slide yeah. to I you mean, you you know this this business is not like it's not the most you know i'm not being the most pioneering But I am trying to be a first mover and a leader in Asia. Right. And I think that Naked will be the number one co-working operator in Asia. Mm -hmm. And I I know by December we'll be that already. So so in a way, we're pioneering Asia. But the concept's not that, you know, just we work at lots of decks. You can go read them and we're doing similar stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And they kind of valued it quite a lot. (laughs) Yes, they are. Yeah.
0: Um, So... And does Naked Hub, just to kind of put a, a capstone on this, do you guys have global ambitions? Or are you going to keep it in Asia or has it not gotten that far yet?
1: We haven't thought that far. And right. um, you know, Asia is a big place, some big cities, big big countries. It's yeah. um, some place we feel really comfortable. Yeah. You know, my family and me, and we've all traveled. If you have lived in China as long as I have, and I'm sure you have mm-hmm. or whatever, you've probably been most places in Asia because it's a lot of fun traveling here. Right, right. And uh, we very well understand which cities, which areas, how to do it. And mm-hmm. I think that knowledge is super important. And, and that means that I think For we sure. can win yeah. that battle.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I think we may find some sort of strategic alliance with some European uh, co-working operators. Uh, <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, that might be a direction we would go yeah. rather than just trying to jump into a, a more – developed. So Europe is still the largest co-working uh, area in the world, mm-hmm. but far larger than America. Really? Uh, in fact, they have, you know, I think, close to 50% of the global market share for co-working, mm-hmm. whereas we, uh, America, we were almost the same thing. Is um, I think they're at about thirty something percent. America of the and and, and Asia is only ten percent. So it's such a small, small amount. Yeah.
0: So now I'm seeing you. You saw that WeWork valuation. I think nineteen billion on last raise. You're like, you know what, the coworking business maybe is not
1: so bad. Let's let's go yeah. ahead with that. I didn't do it for those reasons, and it wasn't valued as that when I started the idea. <laughs> but, but um, but the truth is that they did hit on on an industry which is quite unique, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that ability for anybody to jump in like IT. You can't just like, okay, the next good right. code is going to, you know... Your, your app can't
0: be dead overnight because Uber came and was like, well, we do the same
1: thing, exactly. but better. Yeah. There is real capital you have to put in <clears> because you have to build these places out. You've got yeah. to take real risks. It's more of like a half brick and mortar, half tech company. Right. And, and, and that's something I feel much more comfortable with because it, it takes away 98% of the potential... Really smart guys that might come up with a better idea that will beat me, yeah. and that pure hard work and good design and, and good you know stuff will will ultimately win out. Um, We're similar on
0: that one. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's important. Uh, otherwise, you know, you build something that could be great for two years and then yeah. gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that wouldn't be too exciting. Yeah, uh, unless you cashed out with a huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless it goes yeah, and you go yeah. IPL. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, the the whole. The whole concept of, you know, is office space going to be disrupted heavily, Mm -hmm. it has never changed in 200 years. You know, it's like an office is an office. I mean, yes, there was a period, I think... The the light bulbs got more energy efficient, but
0: that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: you know, look, I'm the boss and I sit in an office and my secretary sits outside my office. I'm still actually in the damn old school office myself, and yet I'm in a co-working space. Um, But... So I know it's going to change, mm-hmm. and I, I'm very rarely in this little cubicle. But right. um, uh, it's it's uh, it's. I believe deeply inside me by 2020, f- 20, 50% of all offices are going to be, you know, in this shared creative environment.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't want to toot my own horn, but if you want to check out the tech in Asia article recently <laughs> written, I kind of touch on this. We're we're basically I'm saying, you know, because the startup and co-working phenomenon. I know they're not yeah. they're not exactly the same thing. But it is interesting to see it grow and develop and think, well, perhaps this is the evolution of work. You know? yeah. you know? And, and, and ev- everyone who comes through this place, if they work in some shitty office, you know, wherever, sure. they're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, they're going to automatically feel bad about their situation. Yeah, they're going to exactly. go back on Monday morning they're going to be like, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be like, boss, get-. in fact, uh, a friend of mine... Uh, just said that today. You know, should, should they, they want to move out of their office. They're looking at co-working spaces. So,
1: dude, refer them. I'll oh, hook them up. I'll come on, up. <laughs> you, have you not heard about our referral program? I think I saw something. How many something people in that, that person's company? I don't know. I don't just know. take a guess. Twenty. Or you would make sixty grand if they moved in. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> All right, noted. <laughs> noted. <laughs> um, but one, one last thing that just uh,
0: before we move on to the next thing is, um, you know, you mentioned when you're pitching. I think it, it bears repeating. You, you get to bring in uh, these financiers, these, these investors, and show them all this, yeah. you know, which is kind of the same as pitching traction, whether it's an app or it's a yeah. co-working space or whatever. You can say, this is an example of my work. Yeah. You know, this is an example of what we've done. So if you need an idea of our work ethic or our design principles yeah. or our ethos, hopefully yeah. it bleeds out of the walls around you and you can kind of feel that. I, I have to assume... That's going to make your journey on the fundraising route probably significantly easier than, uh, than other
1: people, depending sure, on how much but money but you're looking to but raise. But remember it, that, that, that you actually touched on something that's so important. And, and I invest in, in a number of businesses mm-hmm. now, and I won't touch anyone with an idea. I hate ideas. Right. Show me. Show me what it is. You take a bit of a risk. Mm-hmm. Come on. Step out of your comfort zone. Don't pitch your idea to me while you're still working at Goldman Sachs or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Go out – Resign from your job. Go and do something and start it off. And, and then, you know, be there with your pants down because you know you've got no more money and you've got to sell this idea. That's the place that I want to invest in people. And, and, right. and you've got to be there. And, and that's, you know, we've invested our own money into building up five, we have five finished locations in Shanghai now. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of money to do that. It's not small chains. Mm-hmm. And two of them just opened their might. Not have any customers. Who knows? And you know, I could. It all could go up in flames. But when people see the commitment from you, mm-hmm. and they, you're able to show them what you're doing, that's so much easier conversation to have. Right.
0: Well, people invest in people, right? Correct. You know, they say yeah. all the time. Um, we're coming up on an hour. How are you on time? Because I want to be respectful of oh, your you busy schedule. Be, you must
1: be super respectful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the time. I don't know what I've got next. <laughs> Uh, and we 're good we 're good we 're good. good I only have something at five thirty <laughs> no, be, care- be careful I long. go on
0: all right so the so the hub is a really exciting business, and, and yeah. the response thus far seems to have been Super very positive. Good. Of course, there's other people emerging on the scene. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Hopefully, it'll raise both your games, and the product will be ultimately be better. Why and you only, guys <laughs> will win. Why, why, why did
1: you say there were only two players? I like that. <laughs> no, I said there are, there are more players. There are more, but both of you yeah, will raise your true. games. Damn it. Uh, no, uh, come on. I, I, I really don't see... Uh, there is only one... A bit. <laughs> no, no. There's some great, there's some great guys doing some great stuff. Uh, but I, I must be honest. WeWork is not, not something I consider as the, as the the the, the great competitor here. Right. I think everybody knows China's uh, China's China, and you don't walk into China and uh, figure it out in a in a night. Yeah. So there'll be some 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 learning for them. Yeah. Um, so we've got a bit of time on our hands to keep developing our business. I think, I think, Oh, yeah. but they've got lots, they of, lots money. of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I understand they're, they're quite tight with it though. You know, they're, they're, they're yeah, that well, way, I mean, so. you know, we'll, 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 we'll my, see how it goes. I, I've met a number of those people. They're, they're, they're lovely. So yeah. I wish them all the best. Yeah. Sure. Um, the mm. other interesting project or they're all interesting. Um, touch on two more because I'm sure we could get lost forever in each of them, but the discovery concept, yeah. you know, for me, I've always been incredibly curious, you know, to a fault, you know, probably most of the time, just spending too much time going down rabbit holes, you know, just because I, I don't know, you're just born and you, you want to figure shit out. My, you know, my sisters are content to not know a goddamn thing, you know, earlier than 1980, <laughs> but you know, I, I want to know what, what's, what was happening in ancient Egypt, and ancient you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and for me, a place like Discovery kind of represents that. I mean, by the very you know, when you're curious, you're constantly in a state of discovery, right? You're Trying sure. to discover things. And um, when I see a concept like that be developed, and you know, I think in the next few weeks or a month or so, uh, born next few weeks, yeah, uh, I think <laughs> it's really next, I think it's next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I love it because I'm a huge. Critic of how I came up through the school system in in Canada, and I'm sure it's very similar, even worse in many parts of the world, where it's just like, you know, fit in this square hole, you know, this this box, and here this bullshit that you're never going to use, learn that, regurgitate it, we'll judge you on it, and you know you're you're subject to that for so many years and. I know that you know, Discovery is not trying to replace education, but what it is trying to do, it seems, is broaden the horizons of children and ad- adults. You know, parents, and you know, I love environments that have that kind of enriching element, which you know, to be honest, is is kind of built into something like Hub as well. You come in and you're like, well, there's some nature and there's some ping pong, and there's some you know. But obviously, the the purpose of something like Discovery seems to be, come here, learn, enjoy, get healthier you know, learn how to cook, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, how did that concept come about, and why did you guys decide to develop something
1: like that? Mm. I think, John, firstly, I'd just like to thank you for that introduction because you did it better than I could. <laughs> now, now, uh, <clears throat> look, the, the truth is the education system in China is still a, a very uh, sort of regurgitatory. It's very uh, sort of, you know, you know remember and 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 repeat, remember and repeat and and it 's just information and you you, you almost taught to to test well um, and and I guess discovery is not a new idea it 's something that we probably did fifty years ago. I certainly grew up that way. I grew up in a way that I learned from doing things myself, yeah. you know with my dad learning how to fix the engine of the car you know. I didn't learn the engine of a car at school. Right. I learned it at home. And and you know, I learned how to make things with my hands, I was carving animals, I learned knives and, and guns. I grew up in Africa, so yeah. yeah. And, and we you know, all these things we learn just in our everyday lives and and you know, learning through experience is so much fun. And it's and it's and you never forget it. It's yeah. just it's just there. It's like, you know, I, I, <laughs> it was really random. Yesterday, I took my parents out, or my mother's out from South Africa, and I was in Morgan Shan, and we were driving, and there was a, a waji, an excavator, <clears throat> stuck in the road, and no one was anywhere. I couldn't find anywhere. I jumped in, turned it on, spun it around, drove it away, drove it on the side. Everyone in my car was like, Big eyes, like mouth open. I know it's everyone's dream. Every guy's dream. I got this, guys. Don't worry. I'm just gonna go fix this problem.
0: Can I take my shirt off
1: first, you guys? Mind? I might get a bit greased up here. But you know, I've had a beautiful life filled with. I mean, I could do. I've done so many things, whether it be like you know, climbing mountains or whatever. They, I. Everything. Just always on fire, it sounds like. Doing you know When, when,
0: you're, when, you, when you're, you're doing shit that just you're into, right? You, Correct.
1: You, you, and, and you learn so much. And, and I think for us, we have two young kids now. Mm. Um, it's super important that our kids are expo- Okay, my kids are exposed to way more than most kids right now. I, mean, right. I literally got them on the construction site doing stuff. And, uh, and, and I love to encourage them to do it themselves yeah. and I, you know, whenever there's a half opportunity it's like no, no, no I'm not going to help feed you no chance feeding it's not even close it's never going to happen you're going to figure that part out yourself and then it's, <laughs> you're going to fix that and you're going to do this and you're going to do that mm. and even on tech even I mean I don't want to give them my iPhone or my iPad too often but just teaching them how to do the basics call me do this take a picture right. you do the pictures for me today so we go around the site together we did it at the hub the other day i said arabella you're in charge of taking photos we're doing site photos so i might point at something and there's a defect you take the photo and you know getting them engaged that doesn't happen in today's children right and that's what discovery was about was trying to get our kids back to doing stuff themselves yeah. and 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 hopefully we're able to create an environment where kids learn by having their own experience. Yeah.
0: And so that was the kind of motivation behind it, just your background and learning. Obviously the the kind of... Middle to rich market that you that you referenced earlier <laughs> is coming up, and, and they certainly seem to be ripe for some type of experience like sure. this. Sure,
1: I mean we would be having discussions with Shujun, uh, our friend, and he mm. would, you know, he has a huge passion for education, and yeah. and certainly his influence is greater than mine about his need and passion to want to create this environment. And then with my wife and Michelle, who's the CEO. Uh, you know, both of them have huge passion for education. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think we've put together a pretty neat team. Uh, and Michelle's brought in some amazing uh, partners to yeah. make this whole thing happen. Because ultimately, we're not experts. Right. It's a similar to, like, the hub. We've got to create, like, the community that, you know, everyone can bring and contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, you know, I don't think it's going to, you know, we're not... Imagining it's going to be like this huge profitable business. It's it's very much more focused towards trying to create something that's meaningful, important, and hopefully, um, you know, helps our own children.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I, I I do. I genuinely mean it when I say I, I love the concept of it. You know, I haven't obviously been there yet. Hopefully, at it's some a huge point, campus. But, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen the uh, the drawings, but you know, like like I said, I mean, I'm I'm a huge uh, hugely interested in, in education in all of its forms as well, and I just, it's, I love how things are evolving so that, you know, maybe more kids can get the type yeah. of education that you got. Or even, sure. fuck, you know, fuck kids, me. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when, when the weekend rolls around, you know, like going for dinners, as we mentioned earlier, is great, but, you know, I still want to learn stuff. I still want to engage and, and yeah. do stuff. So go to a cooking class and learn yeah, how to exactly. cook Thai food or exactly. something. Exactly, 100%. You know, single guys well, out there, that's, a, that's money in the bank right there, hey, knowing hey. how to cook.
2: Now Thai you're talking.
1: Food.
0: Um, <laughs> You mentioned your, your daughter's name is Arabella?
1: Arabella is the one and Alexandra is the other. And
0: is that the name of the sail project that you guys Well, the, the
1: boat is also called Arabella, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a bit of a bummer for my other daughter, but she's got the tender, so the tender's called Little Alex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you'll just have to do like a cruise ship at some point in the future. Yeah, right? yeah, we'll, we'll balance it somewhere. So, I mean, th- this is one of those... It seems like a smaller project on the scale of yeah. the things that you've been doing. Yeah. But it's certainly one of the sexier ones. You
1: know, it's, you know every single one of our projects is, is, is an extension of what we want. Right. And, and that I can't emphasize enough. And yeah. I think every business should be like that, by right. the way. Um, unless you're you know, building you know, something like guns or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, I grew up on the ocean. And, and, and the need to just escape the city... More and more. So I keep creating things that allow me to get away. Right. This one's just a pretty cool one. This one's yeah.
0: a bit gratuitous, though, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to, you know, call in a favor about 20% of the time and have my friends out on this. And you can lease it out 80, 80%. Yeah, of the time. we don't
1: really rent it out that much. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, like, you know, we've been sailing around Asia, and I've got a full crew on board. And so I, I've had a really stressful time. So one of the things I'll do for my balance is that I'm I think next week uh, well, maybe the week 7th of July mm-hmm. I'll fly down and, and help uh, the captain sail it from Kota Kinabalu to Kosamui, Samui and uh, but no one else on board I didn't mm-hmm. invite any friends I didn't yeah I yeah, sail yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know that's five days where I'm going to be alone mm-hmm. in the ocean you know with my captain and uh, Apple one of my crew uh-huh. and um, and I'll be able to really really di- you know sort of Detangle the that stuff. That just brings that. the
0: batteries right back up to full. Sure. Right?
1: And, and it also allows me time mm-hmm. to think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so amazing how long it takes a body to the vibrations that we live on, especially as an entrepreneur. Like every day it's a, which I'm sure is what gives us cancer. Um, but, you know, to, to get away from that that constant vibration, mm-hmm. you actually need to be away from a lot for a substantial amount of time. And then, Suddenly, you hit this kind of clear moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, the moment... And I have to tell you this. The moment that I realized I wanted to do naked, right at the beginning, was in a resort called Jungle Beach, which is a tiny little place, probably $5 a night,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in, in Vietnam, uh, outside a place called Nha Trang. And I was lying in a hammock, and I was reading a book that my wife had given me called Lost, uh, Lost Horizon... And I was falling asleep, and I remember lying there and I put the book down and I was like, ding. That's it. But my body had, had stopped vibrating. I don't yeah. know how else to describe well, it. Well,
0: you're talking to the right person because I yeah. deal in, in those sort of concepts okay. a lot as well. Uh, as well. But I think, you know, whatever process is going on there, that just you know that calm comes over you and then clear like clouds part correct and, 100%. and clarity just comes over sounds like
1: you. sounds like Jesus is right, yeah, right? <laughs> and and
0: you know part of part of the different things that I do on a daily basis and a monthly basis is to try to approximate that experience yeah. you're not going to have crystalline eureka clarity no. at all times but just to try to get increasingly closer to that you know just clarity is one of one of those things that just is so Fundamental to you know a, a fulfilling life and a passionate mm-hmm. life is clarity well, cool man yeah. um, you 're looking to watch cool i haven 't looked at any of these questions yet, but there was one and i't won 't even look at it now. you again referred to a, a youtube video that uh, that you were on, and you were saying i think they were asking you like you know what 's your goal with all this and yeah. and you were saying you know my goal is to be sitting at a bar with a whiskey and, and whatever, <laughs> and to overhear two other patrons talking about my
1: brand and telling each other what it means to them. Well remembered. That's exactly... I've been saying that since, like, my first business. Mm-hmm. So uh, More than 20 years. That's all that's m- mattered to me. Yeah,
0: And I and I saw that, and I was like, fuck, that's bu- that's beautiful, right? <laughs> it's not, I want to retire in the south of France with a shitload of money. It's not, I want to do whatever. <laughs> it's, you know what, I just want to sit down and down the bar he, over here like wow you know naked that's, that's such a great you know it makes me feel this and that yeah. it's beautiful
1: right well that, Can you that's put... that's 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 eureka isn't it yeah. i mean you, you when you look at something that you've built you'll always find fault in it yeah right i mean no matter what i've built no matter what we've designed no matter what we've anything we've ever done when you really look back and reflect on it you, you, you there's so many things you could have done better so it's never perfect but when you hear that, that's perfect.
0: But, and that must have happened several times by now, right? I mean, you might be, whether it's here at the hub, or... I mean, Naked is becoming a fairly well-known brand in Shanghai, especially. Sure. Ha- has that happened? Actually, that's my question. Has that happened?
1: Yes, it has, on a few occasions. And, and how did you feel? I mean, just a complete glow, a smile that just can't come off my face. Uh, and, and 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 sadly, I always ruin it by like going up to him and saying, "I am, <laughs> I am <laughs> I always ruin the moment, man. But uh, but no, because oh, you seem so cool when you said you're just sitting down yeah, by the fire I'm with good. a whiskey, like, okay. like I should just like have that sort of nod Flint your head Flint to yourself, Flint, yeah, of yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. That's right. That's mine. <laughs>
1: but yeah, it doesn't doesn't.
0: Well, flip side of that, have you heard people? You know, shitting on on your brand in, sure. the, in the same sort of scenario. You know, you're sitting down with your whiskey, and people are like, "Man,
1: they could." You know, I, I hate that those guys. Sure, and, and and you know, funny enough, your other one of the things you had mentioned is like which superhero, and I I spend my entire life just
0: about to hit you with that
1: overhearing yeah. other people, uh, not overhearing, yeah. but. Like I make up what they 're talking about, and it 's uncannily how often i 'm right uh-huh. and it 's kind of how I learned to do business in china because i don 't actually i didn 't learn Chinese until many years I, and being here, I still never had a Chinese teacher, but right. I speak chinese yeah. and, and in that observation so yes i 've one hundred percent heard people saying. Uh, it's super expensive, or it's a, you know, it's this or that, or are oh, they really green? Do you think it's like they just like, you know, just <laughs> greenwashing? And that like one, that really grates me. It's like, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, like, Do you know how much money I've spent? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it happens uh, both sides. Right yeah.
0: now, you just um, I'm going to let you go in about five minutes. You, you mentioned the superhero question, mm-hmm. which I sent you before. And basically the essence is if you were a superhero, which one would you be and why? Not which one would you like to be. We'd all like to be Superman probably. Mm -hmm. But which one would you be if you took you and, you know, some stand, whatever. This is going to make me
1: sound really bad. But Professor X, because from from X, you know, because like I, I don't know. I've always, you know, being an entrepreneur, one of the most important things about being an entrepreneur is being able to motivate people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to make people believe in what your what right. your dream is. Right. If you overcome that, if you can do that, you're you're, you're halfway to succeeding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If everyone in your company is working in the same direction, trust me, you're really going. You're, you're better off than ninety five percent of all companies. Right. So you know, Professor X had the ability to tweak people a little bit in the mind. <laughs>
2: just uh, so, a little bit. Uh,
1: just a wee bit. And, and I guess, in a way, I, I you know, I see myself a little bit that way. It's not that I'm manipulating people, but that I have a strong ability to motivate people. And I'd like to have a stronger one. Right. <laughs> and keep the hair, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like keep my hair. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So I haven't looked at these the, the whole chat, but yeah. these are rapid fire, so I'm cool. just going to hit you, and you hit me back. Super. Um, what is the one change you would most like to see in the world?
1: Uh, this is this is easy. Uh, I less a, a smaller gap between the rich and the poor, the and poor. Uh, i've seen your poverty talk that you gave yeah i, I, I i'm the, african that's something sure. that's very close to us yeah
0: um if you could put a billboard anywhere where would it be and what would it say
1: Times square i love you honey <laughs> sorry <laughs> nice sorry but I, I
0: send that one in advance because that's a slick answer okay, <laughs> no, you know? uh, yeah good. Yeah. good uh, yeah. um best one yet um is there a criticism of you that you have heard more than once? If so, what is your perspective on it? Uh,
1: yes, uh, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I don't listen, and uh, and uh, yeah, I don't listen. Don't listen. <laughs> and they might say also that's my strength. Right. I don't listen. Sure. Sure. So, well, yeah. you didn't
0: listen to the doubters when everything got started, so yeah, that worked out all right. Um, this is a, a question from Peter Thiel, the, the famous venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on, if anything. Mm. it's a kind of a tricky one.
1: No, that's a good question. Um, I tell me something that is true that almost nobody, nobody agrees, agrees with you on. Agrees with me. <clears throat> me. I think uh, the Chinese political system. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that. It creates meritocracy, and I hate democracy, largely because it ruined Africa. Right. Um, yeah, different systems work for different things, mm-hmm. and I, you know, China's not perfect, but it's the best system I've ever worked in. Yeah, and you know there's true meritocracy here, and I don't think many foreigners agree
2: with me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of preach the same thing when I, when I return home, primarily because the, the perception from outside China of the Chinese government is so
1: out of whack, let's say.
0: Moving on, uh, what excites you the most about the future? What scares you?
1: What excites me? Well, I think this whole revolution in in offices and businesses getting smaller uh, and and, and more the shared economy where, you know, why have a company with 400 people and you can have four and outsource the other 300 whatever, 96. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that's super exciting. Um, what scares me? Oh, shit, man, nothing scares me. I'm not the kind of guy I get scared. I, I'm too dumb to get scared.
0: No, f- no, nothing on the horizon, you know, disease, increasing uh, poverty, or you're mostly optimistic about
1: all this? No, I, I, I'm a pretty optimistic person in general. Yeah. So... And I think that anyone spending time worrying about something that might happen is a waste of time. I like that.
0: It's a good answer. Yeah. Last two, three pieces of advice to your 20-year-old self, if you had a magic phone. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I would say a little bit more humble, uh, especially when I was younger. Um, a little bit more patient, uh, especially when I was young. <laughs> um, and, um, and focus. You know, also something, you know, was quite hard to do when you were young. Right. Um, that's kind of the focus, focus, focus message that I've, you know, been beating to myself mostly is, is something that, you know, would have helped me a hell of a lot if I was more focused as, right. a, as a 20 year old. I think that's some advice that pretty much everyone can take. Um, and then the
0: last question uh, three pieces of advice that you could give to people listening, people out there, just to perform better at life. Mm, could be anything.
1: Yeah, I think uh, make sure that you only do three things. I can't emphasize that enough. Pretend. Make your list, but make sure you only focus on the three most important things. Right. And if possible, delegate the others if mm-hmm. you're in that position to do that. Um, I think that's really important. I think there's no compromise for hard work. Um, so you know, that's something very few people actually get. I know it's such a cliche, but they just don't get it. Like, w- When it's tough, it doesn't mean it's dead. It just means you have to work harder. Yeah. And I think that would be a super good bit of advice. And then, uh, and don't be afraid. I think fear is fear stops people's creativity. Mm -hmm. It stops their innovation. It stops them even taking a step. You know, it stops them speaking out. Um, it, It it stops everything. Of that a human being fear is the worst thing to a human being create your own prison. Yeah. Just, just, just let go and, you know, make mistakes, have a bit of fun and don't be scared. I love it.
0: Perfect. Well, with that, we will, we will end this interview. I really appreciate the time. I, as we discussed, you got a ton of things going on. Um, the last thing is, you know, free access to the audience. Is there anything you'd like to say, whether, where they can get information, contact jobs, Recommend uh, people for Hub. Anything you want to share or say?
1: Love naked, man. <laughs> Lovenaked.com. You can go to the website. You can find anything you want. Um, but yeah, live a good life and live naked.
0: Awesome. Well, Grant, thank you again. And uh, everyone, we'll see you next time. Cool. Cheers.
1: Man. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Tech in Shanghai
0: podcast. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter
2: at Tech in Shanghai for everything tech from Shanghai and China. See you next time.